are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Thursday, December 20th edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. It has been a week since we last talked and things have gotten a lot better around here uh, since we last chatted. I was in New York. Uh, I was out there for some work stuff. I also stayed out there to go cover the Nets-Lakers game for LeBron Wire. Seeing the Nets, the the Portland Nets, uh, get their sixth straight win, which they now have a seven-game win streak. Got to catch up with old pals like Alan Crabb and Ed Davis. Uh, So that was cool, uh, getting to see those guys, former Blazer greats, uh, and and catch up with them. It seems like they're doing well. Um, And as they are doing well, the Blazers have been doing excellent as of late and making me look like an idiot. Uh, Just the other day on uh, the Thursday podcast with Corbin that I did from New York, I was lamenting how sick I was of watching this Blazers team, particularly guys on the wing like Mo Harkless and Portland got some some luck uh, in their favor on Friday night, but they beat a very good Toronto team. And Harkless, in particular, has been playing better and and has really uh, you know shut me up. I, I I just finished watching last night's game against the Grizzlies. I did not go back and watch the Toronto game nor the Clippers game, but uh, from. Looking at his numbers last night, watching the third quarter where Portland makes the big comeback to to really take the game over against Memphis last night, uh, you know, that it, he looked better. Uh, he had a tip slam uh, in that mid-third quarter and just looked a little bit more active. And, you know, he hasn't had, like, great statistical games um, in this stretch, but they've been playing well when he's been on the court, which... Uh, you know, they have, but last night in particular, you know, the defense was really good, and that has been a real struggle uh, when Harkless is on the court. And, you know, some of that could be luck um, with, with with three-point shooting and all that, but, uh, you know, he and he didn't play in the last Memphis game because his – because they've been very cautious with his knee, but it, it sounds like Joe Freeman wrote a, a really good article about uh, Mo Harkless over at Oregon Live talking about how he feels good and he, he kind of knows more what to expect when he's out on the court from his knee. And that's great news. And, and you know, that, that if he could continue to get healthier – uh, that is going to be really positive stuff. Uh, he was also, you know, playing. He's he's been putting up his minutes load a little bit more last night. Not really, uh, because the the Blazers bench for the second game out of three has has really uh, delivered. Zach Collins, another guy who uh, I was wondering what happened to him. Um, not necessarily in the sense that he was hurt, but that. Around after Thanksgiving, around his 21st birthday, and when they played the the Knicks, 
that was around when he he seemed like he wasn't really playing all that well. And last night against the the Grizzlies, against you know it wasn't like he was posting up you know random dudes. He had a monster game coming off the bench: ten point seven rebounds in twenty six minutes, and a three pointer. Had a nice and one against uh, Jermichael Green. He took the challenge of guarding Jaron Jackson Jr., who I think definitely has way more hype. And obviously, he's a rookie. He's younger. And he's been really good, had some great moments and some huge games, had had 36 against the Nets a couple of weeks ago. And I was really impressed that that Collins, when he was out there and matched up against Jackson, really took the challenge. And Jackson still had a good game. He's a very great player. I mean, he, he he's right there. It's one and one a with him and Luka Doncic in this rookie class. And uh I I was really impressed by the way that Zach Collins played. And also at the end of that first quarter, just everybody on the bench, Myers Leonard was super active, shooting with confidence, playing good defense when he got switched on to perimeter players. I thought there was one really in particular that was great against Wayne Selden, who tried to kind of ISO him the way a lot of guards do bigs. And, and, and I know he's Wayne Selden, but I, I thought Myers did a really good job of keeping Selden in front of him, not letting him get an easy shot. And Myers was really instrumental, just as Collins was at the end of that first quarter, because the third quarter was really when the starters for Portland took things into another gear. Damian Lillard, Harkless with that tip slam. Nurkic turning up the defensive intensity against Mark Gasol, forcing him into a tough game, frankly. I mean, Gasol was only four for 13, one of six from three. And and I thought that Nurk really did a good job of not making life easy for him because Nurkic is almost 10 years younger than Gasol, and he should be able to out-quick him and out-energy him. And, and I think that's what we saw for a lot of the night, and it was a major step up from the game. Granted, it was the second of a back-to-back, and, and Portland is much more rested this time, but it was definitely a big change from Nurkic, where he defensively disrupted the the flow of Marcus Sol and then a big game for Damian Lillard who outplayed Mike Conley in a matchup that you know frankly hasn't really gone his way a lot of times in the past and definitely didn't go his way when they played in Memphis a couple of or last week uh so you know I got to give Dame a lot of credit as well obviously he's the leader of the team he's going to be the one that gets them going but uh I know that it's a, it's kind of a it's a very hipster NBA topic to talk about how Mike Conley is is better than Dame and in that playoff series in 2015 he was I mean they, there's no uh, way around it when they played each other in the playoffs Conley Conley beat him uh, but I and Conley is you know obviously he's he's the most underrated he it's the most ridiculous thing in the world that he doesn't have an All Star bid but I think Dame deserves just as much props. Uh, for bouncing back and and playing a, a superior game, five of eight from three, nine of eighteen from the field, he also had four assists and five rebounds, and really just hit some tough shots. He also just played good defense against Conley. had a, had a couple of blocks. He blocked one of Conley's three pointers early in the game, and it just seemed like he was really you know, intent on winning that matchup. And it's not to say that he's not intent on that, but it just seemed like he had a little bit more go 
for that. And and you know, major props to him. And and again, I also mentioned the bench with Collins and Leonard, but I also have to give props to Nick Stauskas and Seth Curry. Curry in particular, three of four from the field, had some nice plays handling the ball out of the pick and roll. Teams would drop. He shoots the three. And uh, that is this is the recipe that we kind of saw at the beginning of the season where the bench really delivered. Dame was really good. Nurkic was was disruptive. And, you know, it's pretty much the same recipe except for the fact that Harkless is actually playing, which uh, I think for the, you know, he, he has, I will say, he has been more productive, more active. He does more things than Lehman. And uh, even if I've been extremely frustrated with him and and I've I've been, you know, kind of out on Mo as of late, you know, it is, you, I, you know, the, he has stepped up a little bit and, uh, you know, if he can, if he can continue to bring energy, continue to shoot the three when he's open, continue to make those second chance plays and play good defense, you know, that's what Portland needs out of that three position, uh, right now. Um, and, and, and also that that's what he can give them. It's not it's not like we're asking him to do something that he can't do. Uh, but, we you know, the energy, his explosiveness hasn't really been there for a lot of the year because of the knee problems. But, uh, you know, he told Joe Freeman he's starting to feel like himself again. Terry Stotts told reporters that that he, he's getting his bounce back. So, uh, you know, I, I missed some things uh, over over the past week when I was in New York. But uh it's good to see that the Blazers are playing well. They have uh, an important game, a kind of a Christmas appetizer coming up tomorrow. Uh, but I wanted to talk about uh, what can we expect from this bench? I mean, th- they have played well in two out of the last three games. So what can we expect of them? What are what what are our real expectations? Because it's got to be somewhere in the middle between gangbusters and nobody shows up. So we'll be right back to talk about some of the Blazers bench and, and what we can expect from them moving forward. And welcome back to another segment of today's Locked On Blazers. And I wanted to talk about uh, what can Portland expect from their bench? Because it's really been any time that they've had success this season, their bench has has had a major hand in it. Uh, beginning of the season, their bench showed up, extended leads, and and really took things into another gear. When the starters, you know, they actually, you know, they were playing okay, but they weren't really blowing teams out of the water. And then for the past, you know, before this recent three-game win streak, it was about three weeks without consistent bench play and, and, and really very little bench success, except for Evan Turner slotting in with the starting lineup. Uh, and, and Myers Leonard was was playing pretty decent then, but you know the three other guys that that have been part of Portland's rotation all season long, Seth Curry, Nick Stauskas, and and Zach Collins had really kind of fallen off the map. But uh, with a couple of games here uh, now under their belt, they've had 13 games together. The unit that was on the court last night. And, and and sometimes it's dictated by matchups. I, I think with, with Terry Stott, sometimes also injuries have probably influenced this some, uh, whether Harkless is available, things like that. Uh, but the, the bench unit that was out there for Portland last night that took things to another level in the first quarter, 
helped really uh, maintain the lead in the fourth quarter was Zach Collins, Seth Curry, Myers Leonard, Nick Stauskas, and Evan Turner. And so far this season, that has been, at least in terms of net rating, their best lineup, which is pretty insane to say, but they have actually outscored teams more than the starting group with Evan Turner after last night's game uh, in in Harkless's place, which was previously Portland's best lineup. Uh, Portland with Evan Turner, Stauskas, Leonard, Curry, and Collins on the floor are outscoring teams by 15.7 points per 100 possessions. They are averaging a offensive rating of 113.7 and a defensive rating, a very stingy one, at 98. And uh, I will say, you know, watching them play last night against Memphis, Memphis really had some trouble dealing with the spacing that Myers and Collins are able to create at the four and five slot together. And that's not to say that, you know, they should be starting or anything, but it is a great weapon for Portland to have off the bench. And uh, it, it kind of changes the way they play. And and Nurkic has attempted some threes here and there, but, you know, it's not really a big, it's not a five out lineup. And with, what Portland has out there with with Myers and Collins, you really can have the four out lineup with with Turner, and uh, Turner can get to his spots, find open shooters, and and we saw a little bit more of Seth Curry getting involved in the pick and roll, which I thought was I think it's something that needs to be looked at a little bit more to get him more active, to get him not just being an off the ball guy. I know that he. I know that Turner needs the ball in his hands, but I think they're they're working on finding that balance. And I know I've I've given Seth Curry uh, and I have criticized Seth Curry a lot for how he's played, especially shooting the ball inside the three point line. But he's gotten better there. He is been shooting three very well, and and it seems like he could be rounding into form. He he, he delivered against Toronto in that game, and so. Uh, you know that was encouraging to see a, a, a nice game from Curry off the bench and and just the whole bench in general delivering and so they've they've made a habit of that as of late and uh, I'll, I'll, at least Collins is you know a very young player and I guess you know you could say prone to inconsistencies and uh, you know Stauskas has had an up and down career although he's been pretty decent and consistent for Portland with what he's brought to the table but. Uh, I, I think the bench, you know, is is reestablishing themselves, and and this is, you know, a, it's a long season. And I tweeted this after the Raptors game last night, and it made me think of a lot of the situations we saw the Blazers in last year, where, you know, one second I'm just so definitive that this team is broken, they have got to do something, and then they beat three good teams in three consecutive games. And granted, you know, and, and two of those, and one of those is on the road at LA. So, uh, just when you know who, just when you think you know who the Blazers are, and they're done, kind of changing, they they kind of change it up on you again. And uh, the rest of the West is kind of feeling a little bit of that 
that struggle right now. I mean, Denver obviously is still leading the league at 20, 21 and nine or leading the West at 21 and nine. Oklahoma City's stingy, stingy defense has been excellent as well. And Golden State is finally healthy, but the Lakers hit a rough patch. They just lost three of four on their last road trip. And Portland is currently tied with them in the standings. So, uh, in Portland, with with a couple of big games coming up here, they got Utah coming in tomorrow. So we're going to talk about that. And although Utah has struggled, uh, it's just a fact of the West that uh, pretty much everyone except Phoenix is still in the playoff race. So we're going to talk about what to expect when the Jazz come to town tomorrow. And we're going to wrap up this edition of Locked On Blazers after that. So we'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to the final segment of today's Locked on Blazers. And we're looking ahead to tomorrow night's game at home, another home game for the Trail Blazers against the Utah Jazz, who come into this game as they're right there with the Houston Rockets as actually Houston's not even there anymore. They are the most disappointing team in the Western Conference right now. Utah at 15 and 17, they were projected to perhaps be by some people. Uh, I remember 538 had a, had a column suggesting that the Jazz were the second best team in the West, that they can make it to the conference finals against the Golden State Warriors because their defense and, and, and Donovan Mitchell and you, the 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 pieces that they had that made it to the second round of the playoffs last year and perhaps you know it, it sounds a little familiar doesn't it uh to to something that portland has gone through as the young spry team on the rise that wins a first round series and makes a nice show against an elite western conference team in the second round the expectations ratchet up and they don't meet them uh, that that sounds a little bit like Portland circa 2015. So uh, I, I think Portland knows where this team is at. That being said, that means that Utah is still pretty dangerous and they still have a lot of talent. They just really haven't figured out how to make that next step. And they're kind of figuring out if they need to make any additional moves. And they have made moves. They have made trades. Uh, but they ha- have still struggled to, to win games consistently. However, they got a very nice home victory last night against the two-time defending champion Golden State Warriors, 108-103. So they, they have a little bit of momentum coming into this game tomorrow night in Portland after getting that win against the Warriors. They got Kyle Korver in a trade from the Cleveland Cavaliers, which has helped them in their shooting off the bench. He's a guy that you're going to have to watch out for. As soon as he comes into the game, he changes the balance of the floor. You've got to watch out for him. And and that's going to be a major key. But obviously, you know, the, the main guys that you have to worry about offensively, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, those are going to be guys taking a lot of shots for uh, the Jazz and and Mitchell has had some big games. Obviously, Portland you know passed on him in the draft and and that was a thing. And he was also right there with Ben Simmons to be the rookie of the year last year. But he's had you know it's kind of him and Jason Tatum especially. And Tatum is starting to get a little bit better. But but really Mitchell you know he's really hitting that um, 
not necessarily a sophomore slump, but it's it's just he's regressing. I think we, I think sometimes we do this with young players where we just assume they're going to get better. And, you know, guys like Dame, he has gotten better. But that Dame is Dame is Dame is not Dame is the exception, not the rule. And and I think we're seeing Donovan Mitchell go through a little bit of that uh, just kind of reality check at this point where he where he at, where he's at in the league. He's shooting below 30 percent from three, only 41 percent from the field. He's taking a lot more shots. He his usage rate has gone up a couple percentage points this season. So he's doing more with the ball. He's using more possessions, but his three point rate has actually gone down. He's taking a, a shorter percent or a smaller percentage, excuse me, of his shots from the three point line. And uh, he just hasn't been as efficient of a player. And and sometimes that that happens. And I think uh, you know, especially this summer, it's kind of it's kind of like. Donovan Mitchell's everywhere. Donovan Mitchell's going to a cookout in Utah. Donovan Mitchell's doing this and that. And uh, sometimes it, that can kind of get to change a player's game inten- uh, unintentionally. And and I think maybe that's what we're seeing a little bit is he's he's absorbing more of the possessions and he's putting more on himself, but the team hasn't really changed. So it's not like – it's not as if – uh, they lost a star player, and and Mitchell really had to shoulder the load, kind of like Dame did when Lamarcus left. This has been he's shouldering the load, really without uh, any any real changes to anything. And so uh, the Jazz also, I think, have really struggled with the rule changes that ha- have hit the league about physicality and slowing the game down their defense has improved a little bit to eighth but they were you know one of the I think they were the best defense last year in the league by far and they're just not able to grind teams out in that way I think Memphis has really taken that mantle in the west of the team that will slow you down grind you out and and beat you with defense and I still think that that is what they're going to try to do against the Blazers tomorrow night, but uh, they just haven't been as reliable with it as of late. However, as I say that, they held Golden State to 103 points last night, so obviously they can still deliver that type of game. It just has not been consistent or or a linear progression from the from where they were last year. And this is just the reality that a lot of teams face in the NBA. I mean, unless you're LeBron, unless you're Golden, you know, even Golden State had a lot of years like this where they they had a, a really good run, then the the following year they lost the first round, then they changed the coach, then they go to the finals. Like, I mean, this stuff happens. This is this is the league. So, uh I still expect a very difficult game. It's a it's uh the first time that the Blazers are facing the Jazz this season and it's the First time in the span of about four days that they're going to face each other, they're going to play again. They're the nightcap on Christmas Day for the NBA slate of games. Uh, Portland and Utah, a rivalry of my youth. It would be great uh, to see them kind of get back at it. And and obviously they had some tough games last year, but I think uh, right now, I I mean, it it mattered last year too, but I, I, I think... You know, with Mitchell being his second year in the league, I think 
it, it's it's getting it's starting to get a little bit more real now. Uh, even though Utah isn't quite where anybody expected them to be at this point in the season. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers. I will be at the game tomorrow, so we'll do a podcast after that. And I'll, I'll let you know what I see. I, I haven't seen this team in about a week, although I did watch their game against Memphis uh, on a recording. But uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting uh, an up-close look to see how they're doing right now and, and see – you know how how for real this play is as of late and and how this how this team goes from here so uh until next time and we will talk to you soon